Jose has left. The sunshine from Ole enters. A stadium erupts. Fans rejoice. And a team scores goals. But wait, what's this? Goals from Christmas past looms nearby. Whatever could they want? Hello and welcome everyone to another On and Off the Pitch podcast Christmas special. I'm joined once more by the CEO of Premier Language Canada, Jessica. How are you, Jessica? I'm very well, thank you. Good. And are you enjoying your vacation in the UK? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's uh, interesting being on the side of the water. Okay, right. Well, you know, I could dwell on it, but I won't. It's not home alone. No, that's no, for sure. no, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not home alone. <laughs> it would be quite good if it was. <laughs> Uh, it's more back to the future oh god okay i'm gonna start first by saying uh for those listening get your questions and comments in uh to me at twitter it's uh, at rodney cyrus and use the hashtag pod question um we're gonna start first with our little look back at the game that manchester united played against cardiff um Fans go crazy. One, two, three, four, five goals against the team with no striker. Uh, I'm dizzy from the the, the, the way that the, the team played. But there's something nagging away at my mind. Something that's just, just itching, just itching for me to talk about. But I'm going to ask you, how did you feel about Ole's return to the Manchester United um, team, should I say? and home and the result and the performance from the, the team on, on at the weekend? So I felt that, you know, it was nice to see Ole, obviously. He's a legend at United, there's no doubt. Um, I thought the team performance were, I thought he was very positive to Ole. I mean, everything, but obviously he needs to be in comparison to what's been going on. And I thought the team performance... Um, I think it's a little bit overrated, to tell you the truth. Our defense. How was dare you? Shaky, <laughs> and I would have hated for them to actually have anyone attacking us because I think it would have fallen apart. And I also think the other thing that I felt was really interesting was that I, I don't know if it was a commentator or I read it about. Luke Shaw and Ashley Young pushing forward more. Well, Luke Shaw and Ashley Young were already pushing forward. And if you look back at things, you will Ashley Young scored a, a goal, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Um, so I don't actually think that that's a change. I do agree that the, the ball was moved faster. Um, you saw at times the old message, one, two, backward. I mean, it was all still there. It was just that we scored goals. And we also played against a team that, you know, it's not the best team in the world. And would, would would they have done as well against a Spurs whose game I watched or Liverpool or Man City even? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I also, the other part of it, I think, is that Popper and Martial in particular um, probably had something, you know, they wanted to prove, suck it to Mourinho and played as best they could. And I think that we, like you and I agree, and lots of people agree, that Popper is inconsistent, and I honestly don't think he'll do that all the time. So let's see. That's my opinion. It was great. It was great as a Man United fan to have something to cheer about and be happy about, and you know the whole Skullshaw thing. It's awesome. But I, I think in the long run, 
wait and see. I don't think it's going to be all roses or better roses. Yeah, do you know something? I, I, I there's a, the, you mentioned something about you know the the comment about Ashley Young and Luke Shaw being more attacking and going past that. In in reference to that, uh, it's it's particular that people pick up on that when those players were doing that already. Yeah. They were already doing that. I had to I had to kind of go away and think about a term and it's and, it, and it's a conversation that i'd had with ruth some some weeks ago and it's gaslighting yeah it's gas that's what it is it's gaslighting it's a blatant lie yeah and then and because it's said in a particular way people kind of they're not sure how to take it but you've said it so confidently it yeah. luke shaw and ashley young were always progressive what yeah. they weren't doing was delivering quality crossing from those positions yeah just like Valencia, they were always doing that. They were doing that under David Moyes, they were doing that um, with LVG, and they were doing that in parts under uh, under Jose. To say that all of a sudden now that Ole has returned, that these guys have now started to play, I mean, what were they doing? Just standing on the 18-yard box the whole time? I mean, seriously, gaslighting at a, on a major scale. And and, and, I, and I think that I think I told you, and I think in one of the podcast, I, I talked about it in one of the podcasts. I I felt that under that those last few, I thought that Luke Shaw this season, you could really see the training ground stuff where he was overlapping with Martial, and there was some sort of rhythm there. And as soon as uh, Shaw got injured, there was a big change in Martial that one game, right? And I and I now to say, oh, Luke Shaw's suddenly doing it. Please give me a break. It was already happening. It's the, the the midfield was the biggest issue, the slowness, and obviously now it's very apparent that Paul Popper just didn't even try. And I don't think Popper had the world greatest game or anything. I think he did what he's supposed to do: play. Well, well, you know there are those, and there and and, and even with Ole's return, there are still. Um, factions within the fan base that are FC a player. They are particular supporters of that player. They're not necessarily just, they're in love with the player more than they're in love with the club. Yeah. And I'm in love with the club, <laughs> first and foremost, and, and always will be. Uh, uh, the club comes first to me, not the player. But, you know, as they say, different times, different strokes. Uh, it's. It, I was happy with the performance. It was definitely quicker. It was more incisive it was more precise um it the question for me is where where did that performance come from and i know that there will be the simple question oh but jose's gone you know he was keeping all the players back he was a real mo uh, you know a master of doom and he was you know throwing players under the bus and you I mean on today i'm listening to stephen gerrard literally throw his whole rangers team under the bus no one's going to give him a hard time yeah. um but with jose he became not not even so much the pantomime villain. He he became the 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 monster from the id. He came, he, he was literally that thing that lurks in the shadows that you 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 dare not have nightmares about because they'll come and get you. That's what he became in in football in terms within this country. His his pedigree and his record went out of the window. So with that aside, because he is now gone, he's no longer the Manchester United manager. The performance was good. The performance was nice to see. I mean, I text my friend Matt, who you will meet when you go up and, and sit uh, alongside him uh, for the Bournemouth game. I said, you know, he was in Cardiff because he's he's from that part of the world. I said, what's the atmosphere like? It's bloody brilliant. 
he's come back to me straight away. It's brilliant. It's bloody brilliant. So, you know, there was a feel-good factor within the fans there. It was evident from from my communication with him. It was evident from what I saw and, and heard on television. It was clear to see that the players were freer. But I, I tweeted out that sometimes as well, going to watch games at Old Trafford, there was a certain level of pessimism within the, the fan base before the team even turned up. It was like, oh, Matic is playing. Oh, Fellaini's in the squad. Those players were still in the squad, but it was a different feel. You know, Matic started and I thought, oh, let's go and see what happens here. Is anyone going to blame um, Ole? You know, and I know that some people were blaming Carrick for, for Matic's inclusion. I can tell you now, and I'll say this, with money on my wallet, and I don't even like to spend money, <laughs> Matic will play in every game that Ole's manager because he will do the job that he did when he was at Chelsea and he will do the job that he was employed to do by Jose. What, what became apparent, and some may not understand, is that when you are doing twice the work because someone alongside you isn't doing that work, then you look like you, you don't know what you're doing. Um, he, his play on Saturday was very simple. He intercepted, he passed it forward. He did what he was required to do. What was different is that the players were de de definitely more direct. They were more forward thinking. They moved the ball quickly. I mean, um, and this is a team that everyone says, oh, it's fantastic. This is the same team that had Ashley Young, that no one wants in the team, that had Phil Jones, that no one wants in the team, that had Herrera, who I always thought was kind of debatable as to what he did, and he did score a good goal, and Matic, which people don't want in the team because he's too slow. These players were all in the same team that scored five goals against the team with no striker. Now, don't get me wrong, I can actually, I'm, I'm up there and thinking, yeah, great, Matic's not scoring goals again like we used to, but this is a team that's in the bottom of the league. They don't have a striker. To be honest, I was expecting Man United to score 10. Because that's the kind of, yeah, why not? Why not? Why, why, why wouldn't they score 10? They were moving the ball so quickly. Really, they should have moved it a lot better than they did. It's kind of. Yeah, and, and also, you know, Matic was still doing his backwards, sideways thing. Yeah, listen, that's Matic. He's the, he's the original um, table football player. You, know, you didn't hear anyone saying anything, did you? No, of course not. Because Man United yeah. were scoring goals. You know, and this is the thing. I am definitely, uh, the mood is more upbeat and you could hear it from the sound from the travelling fans. You know, and the commentators, again, as I say, will comment on it. It's always good. But sounds always sound sweeter from the fans. The, the songs sound much more upbeat when the team that you support scores goals. Yes. That's what it is. You know, you always say, oh, the fans are up for it. If there was no goals in that game, the fans would still sing. Because they're the travelling fans. They, yeah. they still sing. I've sat in Old Trafford for periods of time and I've sat opposite the, um, the Stretford end and it's been as quiet as a library. The South Stand, quiet as a library. The, the, the travelling away support from the opposition team, usually singing some abusive song to the rest of Old Trafford because it's, it's so quiet. It's not always an upbeat place. It's not always rocking. And, it, and, and, that's, and that's the reality. And that is the reality. What I will say about the game is that the goal from Rashford definitely was will, will fill him with joy and it will definitely fill him with more confidence and I'm glad for him. He'll He's sure to keep his place 
in the next game, and especially in light of the the hefty frame that is Lukaku, he will be absent, and therefore um, Rashford will will kind of cement his his place and actually get the run that everyone has been talking about for quite some time. I did tweet a really cheeky tweet, and I should actually go and try and find it while we're talking as to what moment. Um, Lukaku actually submitted his transfer request um, by the minute that the goals went in. I'm sure. Um, they, the, the, I think the third goal was 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 roughly around about 47% where people were saying, yeah, he's definitely submitted his transfer request once he saw the Martial goal. Because I thought the Martial goal was one a very good build-up goal. It was swift. It was it was slick. It was fleet of foot and a very precise finish from a from a player who seemed to be enjoying and and, and what I, I realised about him a much more central role because that bit he took that ball from the middle of the pitch so he was given a certain amount of freedom from Ole um, from Ole as as manager it, it, uh, you know seeing the, the goals go in and, and watching a, a United team performance that was good and a win you know I was happy. It's happy, but I am, I am hopefully as long as long as I'm biased as well. I understand that I'm hopefully balanced and reasonable in the sense that there are peaks and troughs, and this season has been one of those rollercoaster seasons where the performance has kind of gone up a level or two levels, where we've gone, "Whoa, where did that come from?" And then it has plummeted. It's almost as if they reached the highest peak of a roller coaster, and and everyone is then scratching their head as to whoa, what what happened there? This team is no good. Now, again, this team had Jones, the same Jones that scored on an own goal not too long ago. There is no any United fan that's saying that this team is okay for the rest of the season without major um, changes is hypocritical. Well, I, I wouldn't say hypocritical. I would say that they're. they're the gas from the, the, the three points has is, is, is made them dizzy. I would say it's made them dizzy. This team has needed major changes since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And we're going to talk a little bit about Sir Alex Ferguson before the end of the pod. But this team has made major, it needs major um, changes in certain key areas. Great win, really happy, a good feel good factor for United fans. Um, less bickering. I saw some tweets about if you're not happy about this, and you know, someone came back to me and said, "Are oh, you still Jose?" And I still like Jose. Like I've been, I've been able to say I'm able to separate the man from the club, you know, and I treat him like I treat any player that leaves. Thank you and goodbye. But I love Man United. It's that simple, you know. There's no FC me with anyone, you know. I'm not, I'm not doing any of those things. Um, so I, I, I think that. Are, to be honest, I don't even want to talk necessarily about the players and how they turned it on in his absence. I think that it, what, what, what upset me is that I have been consistent in saying that these players haven't been doing enough for the fans, they haven't been doing enough for the club, they haven't been doing enough in terms of the, um, the, the history of the club, they haven't been given the rule for the badge. They have not been doing that week in, week out. And there are people on minimum wage, average salaries, that actually go out of their way, save, spend money to go and watch the team, travel, buy season tickets. And these guys have come along and they've pocketed money for nothing. They have not given their all. They don't care about the fans. And saying that they care about the fans now after the manager is gone, for me, is disingenuous. They're fake. 
You know, they are employees of the club. And when they're sold and they go to someone else, they'll do exactly the same thing. Happy for the three points, happy for the performance. But am I going to go smoke in anyone's direction and say, I love this player more than I did last week? I'm not going to do it because I saw who they were last week and I saw who they were the week before that and the week before that. And, and historically, these players that we have doubted and pawn scorn over and said repeatedly on different occasions that they're not good enough are still at the club. So when people talk about, oh, Joe's ahead enough money to spend and these players X, Y, Z, when Man United face a top six team, when they face Champions League opposition, we will see. And until that moment, then I'll say, yep, yeah, they're on their way back. But Man United have been in this position and people may think, oh, I'm talking about just under Jose. I'm not in this position since Sir Alex Ferguson retired many, many years ago. So it's, it's foolhardy to believe that Man United are back on the up. Too soon. Too soon. It is a feel-good factor. Like the feeling, great to, to look at the, 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 the results and say, my team scored five goals. But I'm realistic to, to look at it and think they were playing against a team that didn't have a striker. Yeah. So really, your 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 back four aren't really occupied. You're you you can play with three at the back. You could probably play with two at the back, and therefore your 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 left back and your right back are afforded the freedom to go forward. They are afforded the freedom, and with that freedom, they actually exploited the space in front of them, and they did so very well. There are tougher tests to come, and we will see. But, you know, I, like you, very happy with the result. But I question, one, the, the performance from the players in previous games and in previous weeks and in previous months. That I will not change for now because I'm going to judge them overall on this season. And people forget that there were many games that Alex Ferguson's teams won by a, a, a sneaky one nil, and the performance was terrible. But in hindsight, everything is seen through rose-tinted glasses and your memory is selective. You know, and that's what happens when the gaslighting takes place. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. This Christmas special. Have you got your wine? I have my wine. You have your wine. I have. I have a nice. I have a nice cup of tea. Well, you're a good, good person. Well, I don't drink. You know, I don't drink. I know. Well, I did see you drink a little bit the other day. Shh, careful now. Don't spread rumours. And you saw. I sipped on what happened. Uh, you were a little bit funny. <laughs> Oh, that's a, a little bit funny. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Eyes glazed over. Two, two very cool chickpeas to finish it up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you imagine me drinking. It just curled up in the corner next to the <laughs> dust and uh, an unwanted piece of Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what would happen. Um, right, uh, more Manchester United news. Late into the game. Um, obviously, I'm keen to hear like everyone else, what's been said, uh, the report. Uh, I listened to Wayne Rooney's comments about the performance and uh, he mentioned a few things about, you know, sometimes players were um, easily, quite quick to say that they weren't available because they had a slight knock. And, you know, he too talked about the performance, how it had changed, how it was improved from Jose. And he, he had first-hand knowledge about... Uh, what it was like to play under Jose and you know and, and I'll be and I, you know I listened to it and I thought you know fair dues Wayne you've, you've got a point but 
uh, Manchester United fans that I sat with and discussed with in, in, in different areas of the ground had been calling for him to be moved out of the club before Jose arrived. Yeah. People were calling, people were saying that he was finished when Moyes arrived. Yeah. So, you know, he's talking about the performance. He was he was part of the midfield trio when his legs had gone as a striker and everyone said, play him as a number 10. And there was Mata and we played Mata as a number 10. And we had Fellaini and we played Fellaini as a number 10. And Herrera was there as well. And the midfield was slow. The midfield was slow then. You know, it was slow when it had Kagawa, it was slow. You know, Tom Cleverley, it was slow. You know, this this idea about the midfield player being slow, it was always it's been slow since Relix Ferguson left. That's how slow it's been. They've never ever identified and addressed that area of the pitch properly. And the, the key individual that left that Manchester United team after Sir Alex Ferguson left was Darren Fletcher. Everyone talks about, you know, Carrick retiring, but for the best part of towards the last part of his tenure as a player. He wasn't getting that much game time. Darren Fletcher would come back from a long-term injury. And then he was deemed as being, you know, no longer required. But he was he was key in that midfield yeah. in, in key major games against the big clubs. So um, you know, it's a little bit of sour grapes, but I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny listening to former players. And there are more former players, more Man United news. There should be a because every time I go on Facebook or, or uh, yeah, mainly Facebook, there's always, there's another person that, an old Man United player that's about it. It's like, you know, and, and um, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Listen, listen, more rumours afoot. Someone, I'm not, this is what happens. One former player returns and everyone starts coming out of the shadows. Like I said, yeah. this is the ghosts from Christmas past. Patrice Evra is to be given a role at United. Now, get, don't get me wrong, for weeks, people had seen him sit with Woodward and were wondering what was going on. Uh, and I think it's nice when former players are given an opportunity to return to the club. I think if they can uh, go back to the club and they do something in a coaching role, or if they're an ambassador, or they're part of the Manchester United Foundation, or if they're part of the education programme, going into schools, talking about... Um, what it is to be a Manchester United player, or if they're part of the scouting network, I'll talk about that later as well, then I think that's great. Um, the role itself hasn't been specified, but what kind of role do you think Patrice Evra should be given? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should he be given a role? Well, I'm just, oh, well, that's a very good question to counter my question. So no, I don't. I so my my opinion is that Skullshire is there to shut up the fans. I think they knew the, they the were, fans have been shut up. Yeah, the fans have been shut up. So now, what are you going to do? Bring even more people back in and just like crack cover the cracks even more? And so <laughs> they don't really like. I'm I'm not buying any of it, quite honestly. And I think that the more they try and pave over everything the more trouble manchester united is going to be in the long run because obviously we the team is the same <laughs> we still have all the deadwood the deadwood we still have inconsistent players that's not mr woodward we mentioned we mentioned deadwood which is deadwood. a slightly close you know link but uh, well we could uh, include him in that <laughs> oh, okay 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 you know it's christmas 
and we Christmas. don't have a good scouting structure and we don't have a director of football and we have this total chaos from what I can see. Um, we're paying people money for I don't know what as players uh, to bring in marketing or whatever it is. And I just, yeah, I don't know. But I tell you what, right? I, 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 I tell you what, I, I think that the role that he's been identified for is director of football. Yeah, and he, could, he could be, he could be an ideal candidate. He could be. But imagine this, right? Imagine Everest scouting talent, right? He's encouraging the best young players and Harry Kane uh, to join the club, right? <laughs> it's Christmas. And, and he ends his statement by screaming, I love this game! And then sucks on a raw chicken. Um, <laughs> just, just, just moments from your Twitter history that may come back and bite you in whatever serious capacity that the club give you. I think the chicken bit is definitely one that you need to hide. There is something happening on, on social media when there are images that people will kind of go back to and go, that was wrong. So if Mr. Everett is given the director of football role, a family with their child who may be 15 or 16 may be aware of that video of the sucking chicken <laughs> and be looking at him thinking, why are you in my house? You need to leave now. <sighs> Ghost from Christmas past. Just, he's, there is, he's not alone. He's not alone. Again. There's more rumours. I'm telling you. I, I mean, the amount of rumours and reports I've seen in the last 24 hours, it's ridiculous. Ole's returned, Mike Phelan is there. It's almost like a coup d'etat, you know, when they try to get rid of the president and he, he, he finds out. This is the other rumour, more United news. Sir Alex Ferguson is rumoured, reportedly, on the back of one of today's papers, to be a major consultant to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Have to be honest, not surprised. No. You know, Ole mentioned, Ole mentioned that he'd, he'd, he'd spoken to Sir Alex um, when he got the phone call and that he'll be sitting down with him, having a nice cup of tea, uh, pretty much like I am right now with you. But the difference is, is that you're not the consultant. Uh, you're just joining me on the podcast. Uh, what, what do you think of this? So again, are we going backwards or forwards? <laughs> Back to the future. Goals on Christmas past. Most. Okay, so so this really speaks to the issues at Manchester United, right? Yeah. No plan. They got rid of Mourinho with no plan. They thought, oh, who can we call that will shut the fans up? Oh, let's call Ole. Everybody loves Goldshaw, the superstar. Let's get him back. Um, and now let's get Fergie back too, but behind the scenes. And while we're at it, let's put Everett in. And yeah, and Mike Phelan. And so, okay. So, what has Manchester United been doing for the last five or six years? It's been, it's been, it's been sitting in its own virtual reality studio, like a Twilight Zone episode. Shaking um, her head, Jessica. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look. It's absolutely abs absurd. The, the, the Manchester United needs to, you know, everybody hate, nobody likes to say anything about good about Arsenal, but I'll tell you one thing. Arsenal did it right. 
They set up their system ahead of getting rid of Wenga, and they had everything in place to ensure Unai Emery. And the other thing was they didn't just settle for a manager. They were supposed to get someone, and then they changed their mind because based on the interview, they were smart. And look at the difference between – look at what's happened at Arsenal in comparison to Manchester United. Interview, you say? What is that? <laughs> what is, they're not picking up the phone it? and go, hey, dude, want to come over and help us out? The you fans hate like They called, called one of their old girlfriends. Are you free for tea? <laughs> ridiculousness. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. Do you know something? It is a comedy. It's a comedy of errors on a grand scale. Manchester United, in terms of their recruitment process, they've got no idea. Absolutely no idea. You know, and I I, 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 I jested about Patrice Ever and the whole sucking chicken thing as director of football. But I'm serious. If he's going for that role, you know, they might have to think twice. What's evident with the, the things that are happening right now is that they are unable, they are unable to call on the class of 92 because certain individuals in the class of 92 have spoken so openly and strongly against Woodward, like Gary Neville, like Phil Neville, um, Skulls, you know, gigs. They've said certain things. They're not going to call upon um, Rio Ferdinand. So those individuals that haven't said anything, that have, 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 that have spoken out against um, Jose specifically, uh, are, are now in the frame. They're now in the frame and they've been called back because it seems that Woodward doesn't have a clue. So he's he's now turning. And this is the thing that makes me laugh. When I saw the article and I read it very, very quickly and I thought, because I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but it did make me think. Sir Alex Ferguson, right, was a director or is a director. As a director, people will say that he's, he's, he's an, uh, you know, he's there in a, in a, in a, in a kind of advisory capacity anyway. He's, he's, He's not in that financial side. He should have been saying, you know, from the very beginning, this isn't right. He should have been saying from the very beginning, this is what we need to do. I can understand that he, as um, the previous manager, one of the most successful and probably regarded as the best manager that, that this country has seen, that this is seen as good news in the present moment, but it needs to stay in that moment. It needs to stay in the present moment. It cannot be part of the long-term plan. This is the guy, right, that stood in front of everyone and said, I want you to trust your new manager, him. He told us to trust David Moyes. That was the beginning of the end, the first defensive coach. This coach had nothing to do with the Manchester United way, but Sir Alex Ferguson brought him in along with Woodward. They said this was the person and everyone went, okay, like cult followers, we nodded our head and said, okay, of course, Sir Alex, yes, yes, yes. And it was the beginning, that was the beginning of where we are right now. So to say that Woodward, in all of his financial acumen and his wizardry that he's able to bring in deals, that he has had to turn 360 degrees He's gone so far left, he's ended up on his right-hand side that he's right back next to Sir Alex and saying, what should I do? So Sir Alex isn't just talking to Ole and Mike Phelan and saying, this is what I need you to do on the pitch. Sir Alex Ferguson is telling Woodward, this is what you need to do because he hasn't got a clue. People talking about we need six months. In the summer, everyone talked about getting rid of Jose Mourinho. In the summer, it was widely reported they were talking about going for Pochettino. 
And the hierarchy there said, go for Pochettino, but Woodward said no. Because the reason he said no, he wanted to go for a stellar manager that matched up to Pep in terms of prestige, in terms of trophies. Now imagine if Manchester United had gone and got Pochettino at that point in time. I honestly believe that Man United would have destroyed Pochettino. They would yeah. have destroyed him as a manager. Yeah, they would have literally crushed him because right. Woodward wouldn't have changed his way. He wouldn't have, in hindsight, he can say, oh, that's what he, we needed. This is what we need to do now. But five years, this, pro, this, this program, this failed program of, uh, of, of footballing approach from him has been in operation and it's, and it's brought Manchester United to this point. So much so that when Manchester United win against Cardiff, you know, 5-1 or what, and you think, oh, you know, happy days again, you know, the war has ended and everyone's going to be jubilant. People actually, there are, mo there are individuals that actually go, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. One, the players were holding back. Two, why are we in this position in the first place that you have to bring back a former player to appease the fans instead of actually doing your business in terms of football awareness first and say, let's get the right man for the job so that we can actually structure the club from top to bottom, root and branch. It is ridiculous. This is why I see that Woodward doesn't have a plan B, he doesn't have a plan C, he doesn't have a plan D or an E. Going back to Sir Alex Ferguson, and we all love the man, means that he is not even on any plan. This is a press, this is press the button, rescue, miss. this is it. This is the where people see the Batman logo in the sky and they call for help because like the end is near. That's how bad it's become. So yeah. I can see beyond the feel good and say, this is where we are. We're actually back with the guy that has recently come out of hospital after having a major health scare. We're, we're asking him to bail us out five years after he left us. <laughs> are you serious? <sighs> Shakes her head again. Oh, God. I, I, I'm, I'm, again, I love Sir Alex Ferguson, but I have to say to everyone, please stop for a moment and think if Sir Alex Ferguson is giving advice to Ole, I'll ask this question to you, Jessica, and those listening, why couldn't he give um, advice to Jose? Exactly, exactly. Jose was, it's not as if Jose just turned up and he didn't know him and he hasn't sat down there and, you know, had a glass of wine with him previously, you know, when they were both, you know, um, contending for the title with different teams, why wouldn't he actually say to Jose, you know, I want to have a word with you. I can see things aren't going well. Take my advice. Do these things. Why? Why not? Why, why would that not have happened? Do you think, I'm thinking, surely that must have happened. Would Jose have been that stubborn that he would refuse Sir Alex Ferguson's advice? That he would have told him, I'm not listening to you? That he was that stubborn and set in his ways? That the man that he, 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 regards, as one of the, he regards as one of the best managers in the world, that he would totally ignore him? I don't get it. Yeah, I no. don't get it. So, yeah, when, so you know that I felt that Fergie should have left before he did. That was Well, everyone did. And and I felt that when when Moyes was coming in and Fergie said all that stuff, I felt that that Fergie set us up for failure. And I think that when when people are being honest, and I do read lots of people saying this, that he he clearly did not want someone like Mourinho to come in at that time, which would have been perfect because it would have taken some of the glitter away from him. And that was selfish because look at the state the team's been in. And um, but equally. Woodward should not have allowed Moyes to do what he did, right? You come in, you're the manager. You don't get to just like 
destroy the whole back room. Like, that's ridiculous. What are you doing? And and I think it's ridiculous. And then we get – and then when they announced LVG, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, why? Why? Yeah. It was unbelievable to me. That, yeah. that I remember George, our famous George, saying to me, sure, yeah. oh, Lou Van is going to be a manager. And I said, no, he's not. He goes, yeah, he is. I'm like, no, he's not. Look at the way he plays. He'll never be Manchester United manager. It's all garbage. And look what happened. And, I mean, even when Mourinho came in, I was not a big, oh, yeah, thank God we got Mourinho. I felt that at that time they needed to take a step back and really think about what they're doing. Um, but, you know, as Mourinho went on, I felt that, he could have stabilized and it's very clear now that Popper was a big issue and it's very clear that you know there was a lot going on and again woodward could have stepped in right he could have stepped in there are things that the the the, the, the club can do to not allow i like i told when i was talking to you uh yesterday i said to you did you see jesse lingard when he scored the goal and he ran to the corner he went to do his dance and he did one move and then he stopped and and I and, it, and the the camera panned to Ole's face, and Ole did not look happy. Well, you know? and well, I think I think so. If if they're listening to Ole all of a sudden, why is that? Because he's a United legend. Why didn't? And I feel like Mourinho. They knew these players knew they could push him around because Woodward is a brick. And I think <laughs> with Ole, they know that they can't because the fan base will turn. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I would say this. Big difference. I will say this that when Sir Alex Ferguson stood in front of everyone and said, "Trust your new manager," we fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. So much so that he punched us in the groin yeah. and walked off, and we have been wincing in pain ever since. Agreed. That that has been the legacy, the final words. So I can understand that if he is giving Ole advice, fine, I get it. It makes sense to me. What I will ask is that why wasn't he giving advice to Jose? I think that Jose could have taken some advice. I think he definitely needed to change his approach in the way that he was dealing with players. You know, as much as I liked him, I wasn't I wasn't by any way um, fooled yeah. or to say that he wasn't guilty for some of the things that was going on. He definitely was. He definitely was. But I, I see that the whole management of this this particular. Uh, snow globe which is Manchester and it's a snow globe that you shake and watch everything get disturbed and wait for it to settle again and then shake it up again it's 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 almost in itself it is a pantomime uh, and the pantomime villain has left now what's left are actors on the stage that you didn't envisage being there didn't envisage and especially individuals returning you know, like Lazarus come to save everyone. So Alex Ferguson's name mentioned as helping Ole. I just think any manager that comes into the Manchester United frame or has come into the Manchester United frame would have been taking advice from him. But some will say, but you couldn't do that because they were so successful. You either take it or leave it. Either he has a hands-on role or he doesn't have a hands-on role. Now that Ole is there, he has a hands-on role. And then for me, even though some people may say that's a really good thing, Short-term memory is, is definitely taking place here. And the gaslighting element, towards the end, people wanted him to step down. 
They wanted him to step down. And if he was going to be in that kind of capacity, then it should have been from the very get-go when David Moyes stepped in. And he would have probably said, you can't get rid of all of the backroom staff because they know what makes the club tick. They understand the processes. And because they have been part of a winning team, they will continue to do the things that make this a winning club. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, another Manchester United rumour. Again. Oh, gosh, I'm telling you. I swear, the newspapers, they must love Man United, honestly. Schmeichel, Schmeichel, apparently, has said that he would be happy to return and help Ole. What? Oh, gosh, honestly. This is, honestly, this is resembling a shadow script of some, like, coup d'etat. It's almost like the alternative collective. It really is. Um, Beckham's coming back. Well, no, he can't come back because he's part of the '92 bunch. The '92 oh, yeah. bunch are the original. This is the alter. This is the alternative collective. This is the, this is the shadow government. These are the one. This if this was a Bond film, this these guys would be part of Spectre. Mm. The one that James has to kind of take out. You know, these are the Spectre crew. That's the equivalent because. The class of '92 are probably thinking, why weren't we involved in any of this? And maybe they are. Or maybe they're just too close. We don't know. Uh, or maybe they're all involved. That he didn't want to be involved. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, he's, he's following his own path and he's a very successful man in his own right. I just think that when you have so many other individuals come and say, I'd like to be involved, I'd like... This is why. This is why I think this is a joke. This is why I believe that Woodward is, is clueless at this moment in time. Manchester United are a club, right, that one have not gone about recruiting a manager in the right way since Alex Ferguson retired, they either have a recruitment drive where they go and either headhunt a, a, a selection of managers and ask them to put forward their five-year plan and interview them, or they make it really, really bespoke and say, there is a vacancy, submit your portfolios to us and we will select the top three or four and then you have to do it in the right way. But what's happening at the moment is very much kind of like, I'm going to write a post-it note and then I'm going to leave it on the front of the Daily Mirror office and they're going to kind of put it in a newspaper print and then I'm going to leave another post-it note. I'm going to leave it in front of that newspaper and they're going to put it in there. It's almost like by rumour. And if it isn't Pochettino, then who is it? Then people start thinking outside, oh, then it's got to be Zidane. And if it's not Zidane, oh, it's got to be Conte. And it's got to be, I mean, it has to be the right person for the job. And if it's the right person for the job, not only is it the right person for the job, are they going to have the structures in place? Are they going to have the infrastructure to support them? Are they going to have the backing? And if things go wrong, are there going to be individuals in the board that actually step up and say, we support the manager and we will do whatever it takes to support him in what he needs to do. But if they go down this road where they think that they're going to turn this team that has not been able... I don't care what Ole is. I love him as a player. But you think he's going to turn around and make Small and the Johns better defenders? <laughs> are you serious? People are smoking crack. The man is smoking crack out there. I'll be like, I'll turn it around. My vernacular will change. That's you are smoking crack. If you believe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can make those two guys, seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know it's Christmas, but boy, you need to stop. Unwrap that present and put it back on the shelf. No, 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 no. 
And then, my have a, have, I can't, I, because I missed some of the game. So, but I seem to recall that there was a point where they were like, oh my God, Jones is going to, there was something happening and Jones made a mistake or something. Jones is, Jones is not going anywhere. Jones, <laughs> Jones is rubbing his hands. He's thinking, I've survived them all. I'm all here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm long term. I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. You know, it's people like him that are just crushing the hopes. They got up managers. Oh, Jose's killed the hopes of young people in Swansea and Fosu Mensah. It's Jones and Smalling that are, they're rubbing their hands thinking, yeah, stay out on loan. So we've got another season here. And when you come back, we'll be, we'll be established because Ole won't know any different. You'll be thinking, who are you? You're new. You've got to start again. They'll be rubbing their hands like this. Aye, aye, aye. I think we've talked enough, Man United. I'm going to move on. Before we move to the any other business section and and this whole Christmas Christmas pod, um, the the games elsewhere in the league that were really good and 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 for me, kind of, which makes the league interesting when you don't expect certain results to go your team's way or they turn up. Chelsea losing one nil to Leicester. I mean, seriously, I would never have believed that. I mean, it's an excellent win for um, a team who must have had a very difficult time emotionally following following um, the, the tragedy that happened um, after their live game. You yeah. know, so uh, for them to to kind of get to the almost end of the year and 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 have a nice one nil win, um, a Vardy goal. Um, who, who himself has spent quite some time on the bench yeah. uh, um, is, is really good. Chelsea, for me, you know, there's all this talk about Sarri and he's, you know, he's really play, making them play in a very particular way. Uh, I, I think Chelsea might have, I might put this, their defeat down to one person, right? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not the manager. I blame Kante. And I blame Kante for the simple reason he's not playing in his right position. Mm. He's much further forward. Uh, and I, I, I honestly believe if he's playing in a defensive role, he would have snuffed that chance out. I he, would have, he, would have, he would have snuffed that chance. Before the ball even got to Vardy, he would have snuffed it out. Yeah, I wasn't. I was the game. No, no, no. I just think he's, he's been playing in a much more advanced position. I just believe that because he's not there, there are moments, those little moments in a game where Chelsea are vulnerable. Yeah. He would deal with that, and he's not—he's not in those positions anymore. So um, I, I say it tongue in cheek when I say I blame Kante. Obviously, the manager makes him play in those positions, so I'm indirectly talking about the manager. But hey, such is life. Well, it made my day because my brother is a huge Chelsea supporter, and he went to that game. And he was mouthing off to me. Um, and actually, I was with him as he drove to Stamford Bridge and got out of Sloan Square. And he was on and on at me about how United are done and we're going to lose and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas dinner. <laughs> Careful. You'll be like your own version of EastEnders. Your team's rubbish. Yeah, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, hospitality tickets and everything, because he got a, got them through work, you know, all fancy yeah. fancy. So, yeah, well, good for him, you know. Uh, good for him. It's good to see your tomb leave, lose before Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah normally is the way. Won't lose when I go, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. That'd be after Christmas, so you'd be all right. <laughs> um, 
Manchester City losing Ooh. to Crystal Palace. I watched moments of this game. I watched not all of it, but I watched and it's filming. I saw the goals. And I have to say, for me, I think I've seen the goal of the season so far. I didn't see the goals. Oh, if you can get to if you get a chance to see, if you haven't seen it, go and find it. I will go and look. Go and find it. It is a joy to watch. Leave your bias alone. No, no. Leave your bias 60 seconds. And when you see the way he strikes this ball, you just go, whoa. Wow. That is a goal. That is a goal. I, I, honestly, it, it is a strike that you just think the keeper could never save that. I don't think any keeper could have saved that. Any. Um, so, yeah, Manchester City lose at home. They slip up, which in itself makes the league more interesting. Um, the newspapers won't be gushing about Pep Guardiola going on to do a record, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it does mean that uh, the, the other team that Manchester United fans do not like, uh, Liverpool, uh, have got a slight cushion because yeah. they won again and, uh, and increased their little lead at the top of the league. Um, did you see anything of that? Or? No. No? no. Well, I watched was the Spurs game. The Spurs game. We'll talk about Spurs. We'll talk about Spurs. But what I will say about Liverpool, um, Salah looks back to his devastating yeah. best. Yeah. When people were saying he's not celebrating, he doesn't look himself, he, he he's on fire. He's on fire. And I, I actually predict that 2019 might be his year. Yeah. 20 might be his year. I think he was tired. He was yeah. Tired. Oh, anyway, anyone who went to the World Cup was tired. Yeah. Everyone. It didn't matter who you were. They all had dips in performances, all of them. Um, especially Matic, who was, who was, I think, just tired all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just tired. Just the 15 seconds. Oh. A little joke that me and uh, old Red Devil Wheatley have, you know. He, he actually didn't do the 15 seconds. He did five seconds at the weekend. Which yeah, was yeah. Although he had like a, because I was yelling at, at the computer. So he had a moment. He had a few minutes there where he was really just driving <laughs> me crazy. Doing his 360s. Oh, right. I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, the result, obviously, that stands out uh, the weekend, apart from Manchester United, obviously, obviously. Um, Tottenham Hotspurs, Everton. Great game. Whew. Great game. Oh, oh my game. gosh. I, I spoke to, um, before I spoke to you, my, my brother Ty, who's also on the podcast, yeah. as a, an avid Spurs fan. Um, he just said to me, Spurs in second gear. They weren't even, he said they were in second gear that game. Second gear. Only yeah. went into third gear um, when Everton scored their second goal. And then after that, went back into second gear. Devastating, yeah. devastating performance. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, Gary. You know, I, honestly, I, I, Gary. I haven't seen such as, I mean, that was, you know, when you go into Christmas and you think, oh, everyone's going to be tired. You dispatch a team like that on their home turf, like in front of their home fans and, and watching the game, the tackles were robust. And I've played in games in my Saturday and Sunday league where you, you're getting beat. You're losing, and you, you, the referee is he's, he's letting things go. You know, he's saying play on, 
and challenges are coming in from all angles. And Everton players, you could see they were really upset about that scoreline. They were upset. And they hadn't they they, they didn't give up. No, they didn't. They no. didn't give up. There wasn't there really there were no heads dropping from them. There was a there was fight in their team. But they I think they realized at the end they were literally outplayed, outfought by a very, very good Spurs team. And they could have scored more goals. They they could have scored more than the six that they scored. So uh, definitely challengers. Oh, for sure. you know, definitely oh. challengers. Um, entertaining, slick football, strong all over the pitch. Um, players who were unfavoured at the start of the year and the tail end of last season are playing well. Danny Rose, um, Sissoko, who they bought from thirty million um, from Newcastle. My brother told me they would have given him away for a bag of chips <laughs> last year. Now. He's in their midfield, literally running things. He's just such a powerful individual, and his his use of the ball has improved. And uh, yeah, it's 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 scary to watch that Spurs team. From a Manchester United point of view, you can see why um, they're linked with Pochettino and why they like him and they want him to take over long term. He's not going to go. But really, you know. There are so many things wrong. <laughs> it's it's like it's like going to the garage and you open the bonnet of a car and you can just see the engines wrap bad. Everything needs changing. Everything. And then on top of that, the bodywork doesn't look good. And they go, "Do you want to buy it?" And you're like, "No, it's okay." Um, the, I cannot see what would entice Pochettino to Manchester United, so that, and he would leave Spurs. I don't, I don't understand. And it was interesting to see at the end of the game as well. Um, Ericsson talk about his goal was a great goal. Yeah. Um, talk about how um, the, the the Spurs team just walk out and they're confident, like say, yeah, we're going to win. You know, they they just they. He said that we all have this, like we're going to win. And, and you could see that, like even when yeah. they're behind, right? They never just kind of played. Yeah. It wasn't like we got to get back and we get like yeah. that kind of anxiety thing. Yeah. We've gone behind. Oh, this is great. Listen, yeah. they, they, why would Poch, Pochettino has a brilliant team? He's got Harry Kane. He's got all such great players, you know, and why would you go to. <laughs> Honestly, I'm looking at that team I and I'm thinking. My, I love my team, but. Why would you walk away from. And, and, and this is the argument, the counter argument to the why would you walk away. As a oh man, you know, I've got lots of money, not necessarily for the manager, no. and not for and not for what the, this is the counter argument to when people say that he actually really does um, bring on young players. No one in that Tottenham team is allowed to lose the ball and not track back. No one. Oh, is that no one? No one in. No, I'm being honest with you. You wanted people to do. No, no one in that. No one in that Spurs team is allowed to lose the ball and, and not track back. They're not allowed. You can see that if they lose the ball, they go from hell to leather to to make a tackle to get it back. They do, and the same at Manchester City and the same at Liverpool. They're just not. They, their mindset is is that if I've lost the ball, it's my responsibility to make an effort to retrieve it at the very least, not jog or you know, turn Don't. around and just can't just or just not do anything. So, you know, you can say, oh, Pochettino 
well, like Eddie Howe, again, because Bournemouth won, um, have, you know, these are new young managers and it's all about the young, I suppose. But these guys are strict. These guys, these guys are, um, they have their own vision, they have their own way about, of doing things and they're not afraid to isolate players out of the team if they're not doing enough. And 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 I, can, I speaking to my brother as well about Spurs, when Sissoko joined, he was isolated because he wasn't doing the things he was meant to do. He was not part of the team, he was not part of the squad. Lucas Moura joined towards, you know, joined. He was he did not start start straight away. He did not. You know, he's very single-minded about what he does and how he does things. And if a player doesn't fit his systems, not even one system, systems, they don't make they don't make the squad. And rightly so. And rightly so. Yeah. So it's 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 um, looking at all the games, interesting results from Manchester City losing, obviously, haha, <laughs> Chelsea losing, a cough into my hand, uh, Liverpool winning, gosh, roll eyes, and Manchester United, yay, five goals. But then looking over my shoulder, seeing um, Spurs dispatch a team and dispatch this team in second gear. In second gear, not third gear, not fourth gear, not fifth, but in second gear. That's the scary thing. That's the scary thing. Oh, gosh. Um, Jessica, we've nearly come to time yes. on this. on this. And when we began, I could see the, the camera on you, but all of a sudden now, it's all gone dark where you are. Is, has the wine taken over? Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the, yes. <laughs> you're, like, you're sitting in the dark there. Weird yeah. thing that we've got going on in this room, I mean. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. No one will see. It's a yeah. podcast. But yeah. I can describe it. It's furry, furry wallpaper. Weird. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining again. And uh, I wish you a, a, a nice Christmas. Yes, you too. Very you Merry too. Christmas. Very Merry Christmas. See you in person yet again. See. Yet again. We'll meet again. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. Please get your comments and questions to me via Twitter at Rodney Cyrus with the hashtag pod question. Until next time, uh, we may be back before the new year. But if not, please have a very Merry Christmas and a good start to 2019. Bye for now.